So it's the beginning of the year. It's the first Sunday, which means what, Harmony? We got a word for the year. I'm not going to tell you what it is, though, until later on, because I want to keep you on the edge of your seats, because I like the tension building. I don't know if that's actually here, but I'm going to pretend it is, that there's tension, that you're all on the edge of your seats to know what the word is for the year. Now, I, I, though, I will say, I, I, um, when we had the transition this year, I know the Lord has spoken through Pastor Ron in, in that, in the word of the year, um, but I, I didn't want to necessarily take that for granted, and I didn't want to necessarily seek out a word. Um, obviously, I, I spent some time praying about it, because that is a way Harmony has, has, um, has, has the Lord has spoken to Harmony in, in, for several years now. Um, but I also didn't want to, I didn't want to force it, if that makes sense. So I, I prayed that the Lord would reveal it, but I, I didn't go seeking for it. And I, I just allowed for it to come just organically and let, let the Lord, uh, let the Lord just kind of share that without necessarily seeking it. So I wasn't sure if we'd have a necessarily a word because again, I wasn't going to force it, but he did, he did speak in that. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit later on what the word is. Um, but before we jump into that, um, I do, I want to share with you some things that I just feel the, the Lord has been stirring in me uh, for this next year. Things that, that I believe we're going to begin to step into in 2020. And, um, and so I, I, things I, I'm just really excited about. So I want, I want to just share some of those with you. Um, one thing I want to say is I believe that we are going to move deeper into the prophetic this year. And um, when, when I was praying and the Lord said that, it sort of caught me off guard. It shouldn't have because I've been praying that the Lord would begin ministering to us with, with the gifts and, and uh, with the prophetic. But I felt like I heard the Lord say that he's going to begin moving us deeper into the prophetic this year. And so a lot of the times we haven't really done a, a ton of teaching on what the prophetic is um, so, so a lot of times when we think of prophecy, we, our immediate thought is foretelling the future, right? So a lot of the times when we read the Old Testament, the prophets would kind of foretell the future and what, what the Lord was going to be doing. And, and it can be that, the prophecy can be that, but it's so much bigger than that, so much broader than just foretelling the future or, or telling of future events. Um, prophecy, it says this in 1 Corinthians 14.3, it says prophecy is this, but when someone prophesies, he speaks, encourage, he speaks to encourage the people to build them up and to bring them comfort. That prophecy above anything else is to speak encouragement, to build us up, and to bring comfort. I think it's interesting that that proverb or that that First um, Corinthians fourteen is is really the one of the main passages that talks about the spiritual gifts and talks mainly about prophecy. But right before the Bible talks about prophecy in chapter fourteen, we have chapter thirteen. Does anybody know what chapter thirteen is? The love chapter, and I don't think that was an accident. I think that in order to prophesy rightly. We have to be rooted in love. That in order, that, that, that it wasn't a coincidence that the love chapter came before the gift chapter. Because if you have the gifts and you have prophecy without love, the Bible says that you're a resounding gong. And that basically your speech is worthless. But that in love, that when it's rooted in love, that it's actually effective. And, and I don't have all the scripture up there, but it talks about that prophecy is one of the most beneficial gifts to the, to the body because it encourages the people in that it builds us up 
and that it brings comfort. And so I believe that this year we're going to see more of the prophetic giftings come alive in, in, within our body, within the church, that there's going to be more prophetic utterances from this platform that, that many of you maybe don't even realize it, but you're going to begin walking in this gift of the prophetic. And, and so I just feel that I felt that so strongly from the Lord that he's going to begin uh, uh, releasing this prophetic gift on this body. Um, and it's going to be to encourage people. It's going to be to build us up and to bring comfort. And I believe that the Lord is going to begin releasing that. Amen. Isn't that exciting? How many of you want that? Want that, want that to begin happening more often in, in our body. And I believe that's coming. Another thing I believe that we're going to begin to experience more in this year is I believe we're going to begin to experience a deeper freedom in our worship. That our worship is going to become, uh, the, the, there's going to be just a deeper realm of freedom within our worship. I wrote down this, worship will be less about music and more about thanksgiving. If you've noticed the past several weeks, I've mentioned that almost every week about, about entering into Thanksgiving. And I feel like the Lord has just been releasing that onto us. That it'll be less about the music. It'll be less about uh, the op- it being the opening of the service. And it's going to be all about Thanksgiving. And it's going to be all about gratitude. And it'll be less about self and more about him. I, don't, I, I, know, I know for me, I, I absolutely love worship. Uh, for me, that's where a lot of times the Lord speaks to me is, is in worship. And, and I, I rarely have a prayer time by myself without some kind of music playing in the background just because the Lord speaks to me so much in that. But I believe that we're going to begin moving entering, entering into a phase of worship in this congregation where it's going to be less about us being built up and it's going to be more about us just giving thanksgiving to him. And that when we enter into that, I believe, enter into that place of thanksgiving, I believe there's going to be just a release of freedom in worship. Like what we talked about this morning, uh, what what happened this morning, that that there's just this freedom that's going to come in worship, that's going to just free our spirits as we get our minds off of ourselves and we begin lifting our eyes to him and begin uh, having thanksgiving in worship towards him. I believe there's going to be a new element of freedom. Amen. So I believe that's going to happen. Um, we uh, had dinner this week actually with Matthew and Brandy. I don't know if any of you have got to meet them and their kids, but they're pretty awesome. And uh, I'm super thrilled to see them here. Um, but one of the things he said uh, when we were at dinner is he's like, man, I just saw, saw this whole front just full of people uh, and, and, and worship. And I think that's going to begin happening, that we're going to begin stepping out of our seats and we're going to begin entering into a freedom in worship. Amen? Amen. Uh, When it comes to music, I want to say this. Uh, Music is a vehicle, okay? So music is not worship. Music is not worship, but music can be used to worship. In fact, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, many of you remembered when they wanted to worship, they would sacrifice something. Something would die in worship. And, and so, so worship is not so much music. Music is just another way of, of entering into worship and giving thanksgiving. But, but wor- music in itself is not worship. In fact, music is a vehicle for a lot of things. Music can be used in worship. Music can be used in prophecy. Music can be used to teach. Music can be used to minister. So music isn't worship in itself. Music is just the vehicle 
to, as, as just another avenue, another way we can enter into worship. That worship is really more about sacrifice than it is about the music. Worship is more about giving of yourself and laying yourself down to honor him than it is about the music that we sing. Music is just the vehicle to get us there. And so, um, so I think that was, that's an important detail. So we're going to begin moving into a deeper realm of freedom and worship, and it's going to come through Thanksgiving. Amen? I believe that this year as well, that he is going to solidify our identity as the beloved and as sons and daughters. So we've been spending uh, several months talking about our identity and rooting ourselves in the identity of being the beloved of God, that we are the apple of his eye. And then the identity as sons and daughters, that we are actually sons and daughters of God. Amen? How many of you know that? We've been talking about that for a while. You are a son and a daughter of the creator of the heavens and the earth. He calls you his son and his daughter, that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we are co-rulers with Jesus, amen? That the throne that he sits on, it says that he sits above all principalities and powers and every name that is named. And then the next chapter in Ephesians chapter two, it says that we are seated with him in heavenly places, that is our identity, and I believe we've had a lot of teaching about it, and that, but I also believe that the Lord this year is going to begin to solidify that inside of us, that we are not going to be able to, or not going to be moved off of that, that when the enemy would come and to try to confuse us and try to demean us, that we'll be so rooted in the idea and then the identity that we are sons and daughters of God and that we are the beloved of God, that we cannot be moved from that, and that in that there's going to be a confidence that comes from from this congregation, a confidence that, that we begin to move in because we are rooted in who we are and in our identity. And, and though we've had lots of teaching about that these past several months, I believe that that's not going to go away, that we're not going to stop talking about that. And I know that a lot of times, you know, ministers feel this, um, this pressure to have something new every week. Um, I don't have, I don't feel that pressure. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know. I don't feel that pressure because my job is not to come up here and give you something new. My job is to come up here and speak what the spirit is talking about and what he's saying. And what he's been saying to us is that, that we are the sons and daughters of God and that we are the beloved of God. And I believe that he's declaring that over and over to us again, because it is the foundation for us to be able to move forward, that for us to move forward in confidence, we're going to be, have to be rooted in that idea. So I believe we're going to hear more about that this year and that the Lord is going to begin to solidify that even more inside of us and we're going to begin walking in that confidence. Amen? Amen. Another thing, a reason why I believe he's going to do that, this is, this is so important. And, and of all the things I've mentioned, this is the thing that's been burning in me the most for this coming year is that... Um, that our identity as, as sons and daughters and the beloved, that he is doing that because he's, he's wanting us to become the light of the world. And that he wants us to become the light of the world, that the Bible calls us the light of the world. We are not victims to the Antichrist. We are not helpless to the fading morality of our culture. Let me say that one more time. We are not helpless to the fading morality of our culture. 
And, and that's so important to say because, uh, man, that, that is what I keep, what I feel from the body of Christ. Not just our congregation, but even others. When you get on Facebook or any of those things, everybody's complaining about how dark this world is getting. And I get it. It's, there's darkness out there. But it's only dark because the light is hiding under a basket. That we are not helpless to the fading morality of our culture. And we blame it on the end times and say that it has to get worse and it has to get worse before Jesus comes back. And I want to tell you that is not true. You are the light of the world. The only way the world gets darker is if we stop shining our light. That's the only way. You are not helpless. And, we're, and I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I'm going to talk about this in this movie that we watched. And, and I'm not going to go into, I'll go into the details of the movie later, which I, I've failed miserably at in the past explaining movies to you guys. But I love there's a line in it. They're caught up in this cloud of darkness in this movie. And the, the, the girl says to the, the monkey, <laughs> it's a kid's movie. <laughs> The monkey is, is terrified of the darkness that's all around him. And she looks at him and she says, the light that is in you is greater than the darkness around you. And we're watching this kid's movie and Amber and I are like slain in the spirit. You know, like <laughs> this, this monkey is, you know, whatever. But I want to declare that the light that is in us is greater than the darkness that is around us. You know, I'm concerned about this situation at Madison Grant but I, I, will, I refuse to be moved by it because I know that the light that is in us is still greater than the darkness that is around us. And that's why I believe vehemently in revival because that light shining is the answer. Politics are not the answer. Laws and regulations, I mean, obviously they're, they'll help, but they're not the answer. That's not what's going to set humanity free. The answer is Jesus. It has always been Jesus, and it will always be Jesus. And guess what Jesus says? He says that he is in us, and we are now the light of the world, that we are responsible for reflecting the image of Jesus into the world. We are not helpless to a fading morality in our culture. That the power that is in us is greater than the power that is in the world. And it, it, has, it has been that way since Jesus walked this earth, and it is that way now. We are not helpless to the fading morality in our culture. Amen? Our job is not to just, sorry, I, I'm so caught up in this whole end times thing right now, so everything I say is going to have a touch of that. Our job is not to just make it to the rapture and try to convert as many people as we can as the world crumbles around us that we are the light of the world, amen? That we can affect culture. The only way the devil wins is by convincing us that we are weaker than what we are, and he's done a pretty good job of it. The only way he wins is to convince us is that, that we are weaker than what we are. And so in that, I believe that, that the Lord is going to begin to convince us that we are the light of the world, and that in that, we are going to begin influencing the cities around us. This is burning in me so heavily right now. That, that, that harmony as a church, we have, we have been so good at family. We have been so good at building each other up. But I believe this year, he's going to begin expanding our reach into the communities around us. That, that the Madison Grant and Fairmount area, and especially Elwood. Elwood has been so heavy on our hearts lately. Um, 
that the light is going to shine in that city. And, and I don't think it's any coincidence either that Harmony is located where we're located. That we're on the, on the corner of 1813, there's, what, there's Madison County, Grant County, Tipton County, and Howard County, all right here on this little corner, right here in this little area. I don't think that's coincidence. I don't think it's coincidence. We're, we're out in the middle of a cornfield, right? It's no coincidence that the Lord has set harmony at this location. And I believe it's because we are to influence the cultures and the counties and the cities around us. Amen? And I believe that this year the Lord is beginning to begin to give us creative ideas to begin influencing the culture around us. That we, our job, I, the, the, I, I was going to share this scripture, but I ended up not. I should have. But um, it says in the Passion Translation, it says, we are a colony of heaven. Woo. That when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, what did he teach them to pray? Pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe that we're gonna begin moving into that on earth as it is in heaven. That we, as we begin influencing the culture around us, that we are going to begin bringing heaven into the earth, into the cities around us. That Elwood, how many of you know Elwood's got a bad rap, right? Everybody I talk to that hasn't lived in Elwood talks about how they've avoided that city in the past. And it just has a bad rap. What would it be like if the city that, that, that people see so much darkness in all of a sudden becomes a city of full of light and that looks like heaven on earth? What if poverty is broken in that city? What if drug addiction is broken in that city? What if people go, start coming to Elwood to encounter Jesus? I believe it's gonna happen and I believe we're gonna have influence in that, that in the school system, in, in all of the city, in the governments, all of the things around us, I believe that we are gonna become the light of the world and that our light is gonna shine out the darkness and the darkness is gonna disperse and that, that, that heaven is going to invade earth as we walk in the confidence of being sons and daughters of God and begin to influence our city, amen? I believe it's coming. I believe that this year is the year that we begin influencing the cities around us in just a, in an astronomical way, Amen. So those are the things I, I believe the Lord has kind of spoken to me about this year. Um, once again, that, that um, we're going to move in deeper into the prophetic. I believe that we're going to move into a deeper freedom and worship. I believe we're going, he's going to solidify our identity as sons and daughters and as the beloved. And I believe we're going to begin to influence our cities and the, and the, and the regions around us in a greater way. Amen? Amen. So... Let me talk to you about the word of the year now. I, I, I wanted to share all of that because I felt like it was so important, but I believe that, as, uh, that um, how we're gonna get to all of that this year is through this word of the year that the Lord has spoken to us. Does anybody wanna know what the word is? All right, I'll tell you in a minute. No, all right, I, don't, I feel like we need a drum roll or something. There's like there's something we need. There we go. Wonder. Woo! <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was very anticlimactic. All right. I believe our word for the year is wonder. Um, we actually talked about this a few weeks ago about wonder. And uh, when, when we did, Amber even told me, she was like, man, I just don't feel like we're done with that subject. And I was like, that's awesome. I don't think so either, but I have no idea what to preach about it next week. So we're going to move on. <laughs> you know? But she told me that. 
And uh, so, so how, we, how the Lord did this, how we, we, he spoke to us about this word for the year. Um, again, I didn't try to force anything. I wasn't even thinking through what could the word possibly be. I prayed as like, Lord, if you want to reveal a word for us this year, then I'm open to it. And that, that, was, that was my prayer. And so I wasn't, I wasn't trying to conjure something up. Um, but, but one day we were, Amber and I, this last week, we're sitting in the office and we're just talking about different things. Uh, actually I was getting ready for the message last week. So it was actually a couple weeks ago. I was getting for the mess, ready for the last sermon of the year. And so as we were, as I was going through, um, just the different messages we preached in 2019, uh, the, the, um, that wonder message that I preached just kind of stuck out to me and we kind of talked about it for a little bit. And then, um, and then I, I, I was going back, and I've had a few people um, share with me a couple of things that the, the Lord had been speaking to them, and, and I know a lot of people have uh, personal words for the year, and so some people were sharing some of those with me, and um, Chanda Hyatt was one of those. In fact, she was early on. She, she uh, sent me this text back in September. So I want to read this text to you because it's, it's important to how we got to the word wonder. Um, she said, what I'm about to say, I'm not really sure if it has anything to do with harmony, but it's been repeat, repetitively coming to me over the last nine days. It kind of just started when I was just telling the Lord how thankful I was that I lost my job this year. How many of you are thankful when you lose your job, right? She was thankful that she lost her job this year and how thankful I was that the word of the year for harmony was encounter. And then I turned into a bratty little child when I told the Lord I wish Harmony would keep that word for just a second, for a second year because I just don't want to get this behavior out of my system. For a few reasons, both of which are selfish. The first reason being I feel like it's taking me nine months to get into that rhythm and embrace this whole encounter thing. But the second reason would be as I ramped up to possibly take on a full-time job, my fear is that my encounters will go away. I just kept saying, I wish the word of the year encounter could continue, which I love that attitude. And, and I'm just going to stop there and say that it, it will continue, that just because it was what the Lord was highlighting last year doesn't mean that he's done with it, that the Lord goes from glory to glory to glory to glory. That encounter is not going to go away that we're going to continue encountering God even in greater ways. And really, it has a lot to do with this word wonder. So um, I just kept saying, I wish the word would continue. I believe he fed into me the question, why can't it go on? Because harmony doesn't do it that way, Lord. Every year they get a new word of the year. I am a God, and he said this, I am a God who loves his people and desire and the desires of their heart when they are delighting in me. So why do you think that I'm not a God? I love the way she phrases this, or I guess the Lord phrased it to you. I am not a God that will allow you, am, or I'm sorry, am I not a God that will allow you to have your cake and eat it too? What if I taught you how to have more encounters through a new word? Over the past four years, Four to five years, I kept thinking how much I could use the cider press at the farm. This year is a record bounty for apples. I just can't help but, and this is where it hit me, I can't help but wonder if anybody else had said anything to you to about 2020 being the year of pressing. Which, what, what, what popped out to me in, in that is this, that the word wonder there within the context isn't necessarily even the word how, how we're using it, but 
in the middle of the sentence, she capitalizes the word wonder. And I don't know if it's bad grammar on her part, (laughs) but I don't know about you, but if the Lord knows every hair that is on her head, if he knows every bird that falls from the sky, don't you think he's in the details of our lives? Every small detail of our lives. And so I looked at that and I thought, well, that could be a coincidence or it could be the Lord confirming in us what the word of the year is. And if I remember right, the word joy we had a couple years ago also came from a text message that Chanda sent where she didn't mean for that to be the word of the year. (laughs) Um, And I love the idea too about the year of pressing because as we talked about last week, that the Lord wants us to seek and to press and to persevere after him. And so I, I just thought it was interesting that, that through this text message, we, we began once again kind of thinking, man, that, the word could be wonder. And then the Lord highlights it in this text message, but it doesn't stop there, okay? So this is all happening in the same day within seconds of each other. So we, we're talking about maybe the word could be wonder. We read this text message, that pops out to us. And then, the, then Amber begins talking to me about these two songs from Frozen 2, because we're parents, and that's how the Lord speaks to us, is through cartoons. So Frozen 2, how many of you seen the movie Frozen 2 yet? Since half of you are over or out, or your kids are out of high school, I bet most of you haven't yet, which is okay. But in the movie Frozen 2, there's, 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 uh, there's obviously music in the, in, the, in, the mu- in the movie, and there's two songs that, uh, that really just stuck out in this movie to us. Um, and then when we started thinking about this word in, word wonder, man, it, it, it was like the Lord was solidifying something. So the two, one of the songs is called Into the Unknown. And uh, wow, yeah, go ahead and sing it, Danny. I saw you over there. You were hitting it. <clears throat> I sing it all the time. Amber doesn't appreciate it, but I do sing it all the time because it's, it's awesome. But the song, I, I'm not going to read all the lyrics to you. But the song, Into the Unknown, is, this is what it's about. It's about Elsa, who is the, the girl with the magic powers. It's about Elsa, who begins at the very beginning of the movie hearing this voice calling to her. Now, you'll hear the parallels in this, okay? She begins hearing this voice calling to her. And the song, the whole song is about how she hears the voice, but she's trying to shut it off because she, she says, she says I, I've built this place of comfort. I've built this place that is familiar to me. I'm surrounded by people that I love. And, and she, she even says in the song, I've had an adventure. I've already had my adventure and, and I'm comfortable now. I don't need anything new is what she says. But then as the song goes on, this is the last line of the song. It says, every day's a little harder as I feel your power grow. Don't you know there's part of me that longs to go into the unknown? There's part of me that longs to go into the unknown. Let me remind you what the word wonder means. The word wonder means miracle, wonderful, something unusual that's beyond understanding, that's incomprehensible, that which is impossible to understand, a positive mystery, God knowledge. And I believe this song of all songs is a prophetic declaration for this house that we've, we've built something here that we're comfortable with, 
that we're, we're, we're good with church as it is. And the Lord has, has done amazing things. We've had some incredible adventures. And, and we know that the Lord is calling us into something deeper. But we also know that the call, going into something deeper means it's going to be inconvenient. It may not look like what we think it should look like. It may be a little uncomfortable at times, but I want to declare to you as we move into the unknown, we're going to experience this thing called wonder. That as we begin to seek the Lord with all of our hearts and with all of our mights, as we talked about last week, as we push through inconvenience and as we push through things that are uncomfortable, that we are going to go into the unknown and experience the Lord, the God of wonders, the one that is incomprehensible, that the mysteries of the kingdom will begin, begin, or begin being revealed to us as we enter into the unknown. Amen? And so I believe that song is a prophetic declaration for us to move out of our comfort zones, to move out of the things that we are familiar with and the things that we know into the unknown so we can experience this God of wonder. Amen? There's another song in Frozen, and this one I am going to read to you, this, the lyrics. This song is called Show Yourself. It says this, it says, every inch of me is trembling, but not from the cold. It's something familiar, like a dream I can reach, but not quite hold. I can sense you there, like a friend I've always known. I'm arriving, and it feels like I'm home. Hallelujah. Man, they know how to write some songs at Disney, don't they? I love, I love that line that it's something familiar, like a dream I could reach but not quite hold. I can sense you there like a friend I've always known. I'm arriving and it feels like home. I want to declare to you that though it may be inconvenient as we go into the unknown, it may be, uh, may be different than what we may expect, but I want to tell you that there's going to be comfort there. Just like the song says, I'm arriving and it feels like home. That as we begin moving into this, it's not going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to feel like we've belonged here all along. Amen? It's going to feel like home. As then as she goes on to say, I've always been a fortress, cold secrets deep inside. You have secrets too, but you don't have to hide. Man, talk about wonder the secrets of God, that as we begin moving into wonder, that he's gonna begin revealing the secrets to us. Then it says, show yourself. I'm dying to meet you. Show yourself, it's your turn. Are you the one I've been looking for all of my life? Show yourself, I'm ready to learn. Then it goes, Everybody wonders now why they don't give me a mic to sing. <laughs> she says, I've never felt so certain all of my life I've been torn, but I'm here for a reason. Could it be the reason, oh man, could it be the reason I was born? Man, the reason you were born is to seek the face of God, to experience his wonder and his delights evermore. Could this be the reason we were born? Wow. I've always been so different. Normal rules did not apply. Is this the day? Are you the way? I finally find out why. I believe in that. The Lord is going to begin revealing to us who we are once again. As we seek this God of wonder, 
we've, we've, many of you have known that there's something more inside of you than where you're at right now. And I believe this year in wonder, as we seek the God of wonders, that he's going to open up a whole new world to us. And he's going to begin speaking to us in ways that he, we've never heard him speak before and revealing to us deeper roots of who we are. And we're going to begin operating in that. Amen. She says, show yourself. I'm no longer trembling. Here I am, I've come so far. You are the answer I've waited for all of my life. Oh, show yourself. Let me see who you are. Come to me now, open your door. Don't make me wait one moment more. Oh, come to me now, open your door. Don't make me wait one moment more. Then it says, where the north wind meets the sea, there's a river. Then it goes, ah, full of memory. (laughs) Come, my darling, homeward bound. I am found. Show yourself. Step into your power. Grow yourself into something new. You are the one we've been waiting for all of my life. Show yourself. Isn't that powerful? And maybe we should do that as a worship song, Paul. I'll, I'll handle the ah ahs, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> I love the desperation in that song, though. The desperation to see, in the, in the movie, obviously, it's to see who's calling to her, but I love the desperation in that song to see him, to see Jesus. And if we get to that place of desperation, that place of seeking, that place of, of willing to be a little uncomfortable and to be a, a little inconvenience as we begin seeking the Lord in the unknown. And, and I, actually, I wrote this down here. I said, I said, the Father is calling us into the unknown, and in the unknown, he's going to begin to show himself. And I, I believe that so strongly, that the Lord is going to show himself this year in that. Amen? The last, the last part, I'll, I'll close with all of this, um, I referenced it earlier. So we, we have that whole thing there in the office between Amber and I, and we're like, yeah, I kind of feel like that's what the Lord's saying, is this wonder, this idea of wonder. And then we go home, and it's one of the very few nights that we got that we actually were just home for the night. And so we told the kids that we're going to make some, I don't know if we made popcorn, but we, we, uh, we said we're going to sit down and watch a movie, and we told them to go pick out a movie. And so they go pick out a movie, and guess what movie they pick out? No, it's not out on video yet. No, <laughs> we know that because we're parents. So they pick out a movie called Wonder Park. Of all movies, they got this movie for Christmas. They pick out a movie called Wonder Park. Now let me do my very best to explain this movie to you because I'm sure if you haven't seen Frozen, you haven't seen Wonder Park. <laughs> so Wonder Park is about this little girl and her mom who have this huge imagination and they be, they, uh, the thing that they do together is they, they make a theme park in their bedroom, in this little girl's bedroom. And so that's how they play together. They imagine new creative rides and creative things and they b- begin building this amusement park in this little girl's bedroom. And, and the, in the, what they do is there's, there's, there's uh, mascots for the park that they have and it's her stuffed animals and there's this little monkey that she has that's like the creator of the park. So what they do is, is when they get an idea, the little girl June whispers in the ear of this little monkey her idea. She says something like, build a flying carousel or you know something like that. And then because of that, then the monkey builds the park, all right? 
Sounds awesome, doesn't it? You're all going to want to go watch it now. So as the movie goes on, um, the little girl goes to a camp, and as she's at this, at this summer camp, she uh, ends up walking into her amusement park, this park that she's imagined was actually being created in real life, that her imagination was actually creating the park. And so, um, so she goes into the park, and she begins looking around, and the, the park is in, in shambles. It's, it's desolate. It's broken down. There's nobody there. The rides are all broken. There's grass growing all over everything. And uh, she begins to realize, and look, she looks up, and she sees this cloud in the sky, and it's, it's a, this dark storm cloud that is, is sucking things out of the park and is eating, basically eating the park. Um, and as the movie goes on, she, she sees she, uh, the, the, her little stuffed animals, they're actually alive, and they, she begins to meet them. And so they begin to explain to her that the park was going great, but then all of a sudden, this darkness came into the park, and um, there's more to the story, but I'm not going to go into all that. But this darkness came into the park, and as the darkness came, that it begins shutting down the park and the shutting down the imagination that the, the monkey that created all of the stuff, that had this little magic pen that would create all of the stuff, uh, no longer could hear the voice telling him how to create or what to create. And this darkness came in. And so, so the movie goes on, and uh, um, she... Basically, a bunch of stuff happens, and the monkey ends up getting sucked up into the dark cloud, okay? I know, you're all mad. <laughs> you're all looking at me like, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> We're going into wonder, people, okay? So, <laughs> so the monkey gets sucked up into the cloud, and the monkey, again, he's like the leader. He's the creative one in the group. He's the one who's, who's created the park by listening to this voice that's, that speaks into his ear, and so as, as he, the, the, the girl sees him get sucked up, and she, so she runs and runs into the darkness to save the monkey. So she goes into the darkness, and here's where it gets really good, okay? I've worked all the way to get to this point. She gets into the darkness, and the, the monkey is sitting there, and he's defeated. He's, he's beat up. He's, he, he, he's just basically given up on all of it. And the little girl looks at her and, he, and, and she said, because and, he, he said, I, he, he keeps saying that I no longer hear the voice. I no longer hear that voice telling me what to do or, how, or the creativity to create the park. I no longer hear that voice. And she looks at him and she, said, she says, um, you are the wonder in Wonderland. You are the wonder in Wonder Park. And, and so, and that, that sentence I, is something that the, the mom keeps telling the little girl as she whispers into the monkey's ear that you are the wonder in Wonderland. And, and that, that part was significant to me because, let me, look at, let me just read it here off my notes. That was significant to me because, um, again, June, which is the little girl, whispers an idea into the monkey's ear, and the idea was always a hit, and then her mom tells her that she is the wonder in Wonderland. And here's what was significant to me about that. I believe God is going to begin whispering ideas into our ears because he is the wonder in our wonderland or in our world. That he is going to begin whispering creative ideas. As I, I talked about earlier about us influencing the culture, that he's going to begin whispering creative ideas into our ears. And that out of that, because he is the wonder, that's where we're gonna begin to get creative ideas on how to influence the culture around us. So he, he is the wonder in our wonderland, amen? So that hit us. And then again, 
the, the, monkey, the monkey is still beat up. He's still confused. And the little girl looks at her and he, she says, with, with the storm cloud all around him, she looks at him and she says this. Um, she says that the light that is in you is more powerful than the darkness all around you. The light that is in you is more powerful than the darkness all around you. And at that moment, he stands up and, and he begins creating a way out of the darkness and ends up recreating the park and the darkness leaves, all of that, obviously. But I just, I, we were watching that movie, all of these things, you know, with, with the words and with the, with the songs, all of those things just solidified that the Lord is going to begin bringing us in to wonder this year that he's going to begin bringing us into wonder this year. And, and I'll close with this, this verse, Matthew 18, verse 1 through 4. Matthew 18, 1 through 4. I think it's interesting that the Lord spoke to us through children's music and children's movies about this word wonder. I think that's significant. Here's, here's why. It says, At this time the disciples came and to ask Jesus, who is considered to be the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? Jesus called the little one to his side and said to them, Learn this well, unless you dramatically change your ways of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like this gentle child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom realm. And I believe that to enter into wonder, we have to approach Jesus in childlike wonder. We have to be pliable, we have to be teachable, and we have to approach the Father in wide-eyed wonder. Amen? And I believe as we begin doing that, he's going to begin releasing these things we talked about earlier in the service and he's going to begin uh, releasing a new, new um, confidence inside of us and new identity inside of us. And we're going to begin to step into the unknown. And he's going to begin showing himself in a way he's never shown himself to us before. Amen? Amen. Are you guys excited about 2019? I'm excited. Yeah. No, I'm at, were you excited about 20? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever year it is. 2020. <laughs> Just be excited, yeah. Don't listen to me. Just be excited. All right, let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your, for your uh, clarity for this year, Jesus. God, I thank you that you are going to begin whispering in our ears creative ideas how to influence our culture. I thank you that you're going to begin revealing the unknown to us, Lord. God, I pray you would just once again give us a grace to pursue you with everything that we have. God, that as we seek and as we ask and as we knock, that you will reveal yourself to us. And Lord, I thank you that the mysteries of the kingdom are laid up for those who seek your face. So Lord, we set ourselves to seek your face this year in 2020. In Jesus' name, amen.